You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. So good to see you tonight. Is this a long weekend? Yes, yes. Uh, sort of. Yeah, so it's good to see you. Wonderful. Glory to the Lamb. We worship Him. Just lift up your hands. Just, just, just pray in the Spirit. Worship you, Lord. Holy Mrosuraba. Simbrodusta. Sikabondikitus. Yelemiskotu. Hallelujah. We worship you. 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 Lamb of God. We worship you. The one who takes away the sins of the world. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Yes. The Lord God Almighty, the one who was and is and is to come, we worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Mighty God, in the name of Jesus, amen. Fantastic. You're welcome tonight. And um, last week we started talking about how kingdoms advance through violence. And I know it's a, it kind of sounds contradictory, especially when you start talking about the positive aspect like the kingdom of God. If kingdoms ad- advance through violence, what about the kingdom of God? I know historically there is a there is a dent in Christian history when the Crusaders huh? <laughs> went around and were killing people and forcing them, compelling them to to um, to, to to submit to the Pope. Come on, yeah. <laughs> so um, some people still refer that refer to that today in certain conversations. How many people have heard that? You know? Yeah. So, um, and you need to understand that that happened during an era in church history when the church was considered dead. Okay? There is a, there is, there, there is a period of church history where the church was dead. There was no, nothing like salvation anymore. Not, nothing was preached about salvation. Nothing was, 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 everything was just, it was just church that was preached. And not Jesus. Okay. So, uh, and it was during that time that that happened. So, uh, it's, it's, it's not a good thing. And it hasn't happened again since then. Amen. <laughs> it's not supposed to anyway. If, if it does in any circles, then I know it's dead people doing such things. Yeah. So, and we know that there are some other religions that advance through physical violence. Where territories are conquered and people are compelled to, to bow and to forsake whatever they believe and to embrace um, whatever religion it is that is being propagated. So in that sense, they advance through violence, physical violence. But for us, as Christians who are advancing the kingdom of God, the kind of violence we're talking about is not physical violence. Okay? Before you now go and go buy a gun, get your machetes, and say, hey, we're going for evangelism. 
You know, years ago in my, in my early 20s, where we used to go around preaching, there was this, this brother that got saved. He used to be a wrestler. So he got, he got saved, and uh, he went out on evangelism with some of my friends. And, you know, he's, he's trying to talk to this guy, and the guy said, this just, I don't want to hear about this Jesus. I'm not interested. And when he said, I'm not interested, this guy said, oh, okay. He just dropped his Bible. And lifted this man up. <laughs> he lifted him up, and he said, "And the guy says, okay, okay, drop me. I will accept Jesus.'" <laughs> he says, "Okay, I'm ready to listen." <laughs> and then he 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 puts the guy down, and then begins to preach to him. <laughs> And he says, I'm doing this because I love you. <laughs> so my friend had to call him outside and say, listen, you don't do that. Don't ever do that again. <laughs> that's not how it works. <laughs> so that's not the kind of violence that will advance the kingdom of God. <laughs> Are you following me? Yeah. So don't be confused. I'm using the word violence. Sometimes you use a negative word to... Uh, to emphasize a positive concept. That's part of communication. So, that's why I'm using the word violence. So, let's look at uh, Matthew chapter 11. Verse 12, it says, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. And the violent take it by force. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent will take it by what? Force. And as we read in the NIV, let's, let's see it in the NIV. The New International Version says, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing, and forceful people lay hold of it. All right? Now, I want you to know that Jesus was introducing something here when he made this statement. Remember, he came to establish the kingdom of God on earth. John the Baptist was sent to prepare the way for Jesus. And in preparing the way, John the Baptist was announcing, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. All right? He kept preaching. He preached repentance. And now Jesus comes... And Jesus is also preaching repentance. He says the kingdom of God is at hand. And often we use that illustration when they say something is at hand. What does that mean? It's so close. How far can your hand go? So, <laughs> you see how far my hand can go. You know, it's not even up to a meter. It's short hands. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, yeah. So, um, the kingdom of the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. So, what Jesus was saying is that, listen, there is going to be an attack on the kingdom of God. So, if you are of the kingdom of God, expect hell to be against you. Are you following me? Yeah. You need to expect that. It suffers violence. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence. Where is this violence from? It's from hell. Hell is ready to fight you. To fight you. So there is a force from hell that is coming towards us. But then we are also more forceful. Come on. 
Glory to God. Yeah. So hell is contending. And that's why Jesus said in Matthew uh, chapter 16, he says, uh, I'll build my church and the gates of hell, the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. So hell, when in that statement, Jesus was saying to us that there's a conflict. There is a conflict. And I know that many times as Christians, we just want things to be peaceful all the time. How many people love peace? Yes. Let there be no conflict, everything. Come on, Jesus, I love you. And Jesus says, yes, I love you, my daughter. Come on, just keep cruising. Keep enjoying life. Keep growing. Keep advancing. Keep taking territories in peace. Keep, you know... Yeah, just continue to get people out of hell into God's kingdom and there's no reaction from hell. Continue to preach to the lost and Satan will not attack you because you are now born again. Come on. Huh? You can pray, cast out demons and they will just not disturb you. They will just leave. And you know, when they leave... They will not do anything to you. Huh? Yeah. Just, just, just give your tithe and everything will be okay. There will be no reaction from hell because you are supporting God's work. <laughs> yeah. Just continue. Walk into the enemy's territory and rescue the perishing. And the enemy will just, you know, just hand them over peacefully. Yeah. Just pray when you want to pray and the enemy will not disturb you. Read your Bible at any time. You won't feel sleepy. Come on, yeah. When it's time to read the Bible, you won't be sleepy. You will feel sleepy when you want to read whatever magazine you like to read. You know yourself. Huh? Why is it that when you take your Bible, your mind goes all over the place? But when you take your favorite magazine, 100% attention. And there's a conflict. Why is it that when you take your Bible to read, you just start feeling sleepy? Why is it that when you tell yourself, I'm going to fast tomorrow, that is when you experience the greatest hunger in your life and you think you are going to die in the next two hours. But when you are not fasting, you can, you can just go to work, work till evening. Then you re remember, oh, I haven't eaten. <laughs> How many people can relate with... <laughs> okay, you're normal, right? Or oh, some of you are so spiritual, Pastor. These things don't happen to me. When I make up my mind, I just do it. <laughs> the spirit indeed is willing. <laughs> yeah? Paul says, I see in my body another law. The thing I want to do, I don't do. The thing I don't want to do, I see myself doing. Who will deliver me from this flesh of death? It's talking about the sinful nature. And you know, you cannot cast it out. You cannot cast out the sinful nature. As long as you are in this body, 
you will experience certain struggles. So hell will use your sinful nature to fight against you. Violence. So don't only, don't only think physical when we say violence. Hallelujah. So when it's time for you to move ahead, to take certain steps, or when you're on the brink of a breakthrough, why is it that you experience the biggest struggles? Why is it that a woman who, who has conceived and, you know, she's carried this baby for nine months and it's now time to deliver, why does she experience so much pain? Why does she experience so much uh, uneasiness. How, 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 how come a whole, it, everything goes crazy at the moment of birth? Why? Sometimes when you are on the verge of a breakthrough, sometimes when you are on the verge of birthing something kingdom, that's when hell is broken loose against you. Are you hearing me? Yeah. So that's not the time to now turn and now begin to say, God, but how can you let me down like this? No, that's the time to be strong and to be forceful. Amen. Because it's already too late. How many people know when the woman um, conceives and it's already like... One week to delivery. She cannot turn back. And she, I mean, she can't, she can't even abort it. Do you understand? You get to a point that you, you, you if, no matter what, you, it's, it, it, it's not going to work. Am I correct, doctor? Doctor is looking down. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So, there are things of God you are carrying. There are things that pertain to the kingdom that you are carrying. And when you are at that point, where it's almost full term, hell breaks loose against you. And unfortunately, some people destroy their miracles. Because they say, no, nah, I don't want to. Cut me open. Take it out. The doctor said, wait, wait. We're almost, it's still premature. Wait, no, no. I Just take it out. That's how many people allow the enemy to rob them of God's miracle. A kingdom miracle they are carrying. So, hell is against you. I have news for you. Touch your neighbor. Say, neighbor. neighbor. Hell, is hell is against you. There's, there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can do about it. It's normal. Okay? And actually, it's a good thing for hell to be against you. It is actually a good thing. You want to be at peace with hell? A peace treaty? You want to sign a pact with the devil? Jesus says the kingdom of God suffers violence. So in other words, you will suffer some violence that is engineered by hell if you want to walk with God. If you want to walk in the kingdom of God. If you want to be a disciple of Christ, if you're going to stand for Christ, get ready for an assault from hell. And they won't do it, you know, with understanding. So when the enemy is coming against you, he's not going to say, okay, this blow is only for lightweight. He is going to bring a heavy weight you know, and try to knock you out. So you have to stir up yourself 
And that's why Jesus made you a king and a priest. Because as a king, you have power. Why would he call you a king? Because it has to do with kingdom. Do you understand me? It has to do with a kingdom. So if you were not a king, then you would be in trouble. Because when the kingdom of hell, when the kingdom of darkness comes against you, you cannot fight it. You cannot, you don't have what it takes. But God made you a king so that you can have what it takes to be forceful against hell. Hallelujah. Glory to God. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. And the violent take it by force. So not only is hell against you, the world is also against you. Jesus said, the world will, this world will hate you. This world will hate you if you want to stand for Jesus. Are you ready for that? You, you can't follow Jesus if you don't count the cost. If you are not ready to be hated. In other words, this world is going to hate you and they will persecute you. Are you ready for that? That's what Jesus was telling them. This world is going to come against you. Hell will use the world to fight you. To persecute you. Hell is going to engineer some, some legislation against you. That's what he was talking about. And of course, he knew what he was saying. Because after Jesus left... And the early church began, oh my word. Those guys thought the great tribulation has come. They would take them just for saying Jesus is Lord. Because in those days, Caesar was Lord. So it was part of, part, it was common, everyone would, Caesar, hail Caesar. Caesar is Lord, Caesar is Lord. Then now Jesus comes and then he said, Jesus is Lord. So now these all new people in this uh, Roman Empire are now declaring that there is another Lord apart from Caesar. And Caesar will not take that sitting. Caesar organized. Huh? He organized. In fact, he set Rome on fire. He set Rome on fire and accused the Christians of, of being the ones who set Rome on fire. And everybody was against Christians. That's violence. Nero, my goodness, he was the epitome of hell. Satan incarnate. <laughs> the kind of wickedness. You know what he would use to light his garden? The bodies of Christians. Yeah. And at night, he would tie the poles and then they tie Christians there and set them on fire just to lead the garden while he's having his party. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence. Do you think the Christianity we have today can face that kind of thing? When people get offended at, at, at I, I, I don't understand. You know, God de delays. He doesn't come at your time. Then you, 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 you just throw a tantrum. Amazing. God, if you love me, why would you, why do you allow this to happen to me? It's because he loves you. That's why he allows it to happen to you. Hmm? Jesus told us. So Jesus knew he was preparing them for what was to come. Those guys experienced so many things. I remember how Peter got killed. Peter actually, Nero was looking for Peter. He was looking for Peter. And you know what? Peter escaped. <laughs> Peter escaped. He went out of Jerusalem. 
Is it Rome? <laughs> and Jesus appears to him in a vision. He's running for his life. He sees Jesus. And Peter says, Jesus, Jesus, I've missed you. Why did you stay away for so long? And Jesus says to Peter, I have come to be crucified again. Immediately, Peter knew what Jesus meant. Remember in the book of John, when Jesus restored Peter, he says, you are, now you're young and you go around, you do whatever you want. The time is going to come when you are old. Another is going to take you and lead you to where you don't want to go. And the Bible says, this spake he of the kind of death with which Peter would glorify God. Let's put that scripture. I'm not making this up. The kingdom of God suffers violence. So Jesus was telling Peter the kind of violence he was going to experience at the end of his life. Hey, you're looking so quiet. Hmm? Don't you want to be like shining stars? When Jesus... Have you found that scripture? Okay, John... The last chapter of John, John 21. You see, 18, he says, Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger... Speak, this is Jesus speaking to Peter. When you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. You see? But when you are old, you will stretch out your hand and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. And then the Bible now says, This he spoke, signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. Glory to God. So when, when Jesus appeared to Peter in that vision, he had an open vision as he's walking. He just sees Jesus. Stand. Jesus, Jesus says, I've come to be crucified again. And we know that Jesus will never be crucified twice. He was talking about Peter's death. And Peter just went back and surrendered. Went back and they took him. And they crucified him. But then he said to them, I don't deserve to die like my Lord. Crucify me upside down. So he, he was crucified upside down. That's the kingdom suffering violence. <laughs> Hallelujah. Preach it, Pastor. Come on, encourage me. <laughs> huh? If you if 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 you will embrace this, you'll become a billionaire. <laughs> Glory to God. I am telling you, if Jesus is your Lord, then he has the final say concerning your life. He has a right to lead you into discomfort if he wants. Okay? And many of us have the habit of jumping off. You know, Abraham put Isaac on the altar. If we were the ones, we will jump off that altar and say, Dad, what are you doing? <laughs> what is the meaning of this? So, Jesus says the kingdom of heaven. From the days of John the Baptist. So, you remember, and the time Jesus was making this statement, this was when the disciples of John the Baptist had come to Jesus to ask him, Are you the one? Or should we expect another? 
Because John is already arrested. He's in prison for preaching righteousness. For preaching the kingdom. For preaching repentance. And for rebuking the king. For taking his brother's wife. So he is in jail. And he has already introduced Jesus to the nation. He has told them. This is the. Behold the Lamb of God. Who takes away the sins of the world. He has introduced Jesus. So in other words, he has actually fulfilled his ministry. Now he's in jail and Jesus doesn't even come to help him. Jesus doesn't visit him. Come on. Is that not how some of us are? You're in the hospital. Nobody visited you. You're now offended. I was in the hospital. Nobody even came. Who did you tell? If you want to be visited, ask to be visited. (laughs) John did not say, Jesus, come, come, come and visit me in prison. He didn't say that. He was just offended that Jesus didn't come. I know Jesus was his cousin. So what? Huh? Yeah. So that's how sometimes we have some expectations. We set ourselves for disappointment because you, if you expect something, say it. So that if you're out of line, you'll be corrected. Maybe if he had told Jesus, if he had sent those guys, instead of saying, are you the one? Or should we expect another? If he had said, please, can you come and see me? I have some things to discuss with you in prison. You know, it would have been a different situation. Jesus says, oh, okay, guys, you came from John, all right. Tell him, the blind are healed. The gospel is preached to the poor. Huh? The dead are raised. Blessed is he that is not offended in me. Why? Jesus could see that that mission was propelled by offense. And Jesus said, blessed is he that is not offended in me. And it was at that time, instead of, and Jesus, I'm sure, had a lot to say, but Jesus didn't like, he didn't uh, disgrace John. He began to praise John. He actually affirmed John there. He said, from the, of all those born of a woman, there is no greater prophet than John. It's not. But the least in the kingdom of God is greater than him. Hallelujah. So John was experiencing violence in prison. And Jesus saying, from the days of John until now, the violence has not stopped. Do you get my point? Yeah. People attacking those who are preaching the truth have not stopped. If they had their way, they would take you out for speaking the word of God to them. It's like years ago when they sent an assassin to assassinate Pastor Sam for preaching the truth. The kingdom of God suffers violence. Imagine, you're preaching, then somebody come say, no, we must shut him up for life. You know, you know that they won't do that to someone who is preaching nice things, right? Would John have been in prison if he had just told the, the king, God bless you, king. Would he have lost his head? No, he wouldn't. But he said, it's unlawful for you to do what you are doing. (laughs) The kingdom of heaven suffers violence and it has not stopped. I'm telling you, it has not stopped. The world is going to hate us even more. The world will hate you when God blesses you. The world will hate you when God uses you. The world will hate you when you speak the word. The world will hate you when you stand for God. 
It's part of the price. It's part of the cost. The world will hate you when you refuse to compromise. They will set you up. You remember Daniel? His colleagues decided to conspire against him. Why? Did Daniel harm them? No, he didn't. He didn't harm anybody. He was just doing his job. And he was just being a man of God. (laughs) Right? And they decided, no. Let's get the king to sign a decree. Huh? That nobody will pray to any other god except to the king. Can you imagine to pray to to the king instead of to God? And he says, if anybody doesn't do it, he should be put into the lion's den. And they knew that every other person will comply except this Daniel. So guess what? Daniel opened his windows. He wasn't even doing it in secret. He said, all right, let it be seen. Huh? Let it be known, our God reigns. <laughs> Let it be known. Opens his window and he's praying. Three times a day he's praying to God. And they go to the king. King, are you not the one that signed this decree? Say, yeah, yeah. There is a man in your kingdom who is violating this decree. And the king didn't know. He says, Daniel, oh my. The king couldn't stop it. That's how Daniel ended up in the lion's den. Glory to God. He said, oh. The king couldn't sleep that night. So he was tossing and tossing and praying to all the gods that he knew. The next morning, he was the first person to come and check. Daniel, are you there? Daniel, yes, king, live forever. (laughs) You know, if Daniel had compromised, we would not have had that testimony. We would not have known that people can be delivered from lions. We would not have had that script, that verse in Hebrews where it says, by faith they stopped the mouths of lions. There are certain scriptures that would not have been fulfilled. So what you don't realize is that your life is a fulfillment of certain scriptures. And you need to trust God completely with your life. King was so happy. Daniel said, my God, the one whom I serve, sent his angel to close the mouth of the lion. And what happens? The king says, bring him out. Now, the people that conspired, bring them, put them inside. They threw them. The lions jumped into the air. Before they landed, they tore them. Started eating them. Amazing. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence. So the world is being violent. But I want you to turn and now begin to exercise your faith. You need violent faith. Glory to God. So while those people were exercising violence, Daniel was exercising violent faith. And God sent an angel in response to the faith of Daniel. I'm sure Daniel might have used a lion as a pillow. Just sleep. Have some sweet dreams. Have some... Visions of heaven and see some good things. Right there in the midst of the lion. That's why the Bible says, Though I walk through the valley 
of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. That's why the Bible says, He prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You need enemies in order to enjoy certain blessings. Hallelujah. It's necessary. If you're going to have certain testimonies, you need enemies. <laughs> so, how, how are you going to have the Lord set a table for you in the midst of your enemies, if there are no enemies? So, it's okay. Don't feel bad and don't hate anybody for choosing to be your enemy. If anybody chooses to be your enemy, they have their own purpose. And in the fullness of time, that purpose will be fulfilled. <laughs> Glory to God. So that's our own kind of violence. <laughs> Forceful faith. Hallelujah. If we're going to advance the kingdom of God, we need to be forceful in our faith. You need to be ready to step out and preach the gospel. You need to be ready to cast out demons. That's violence. You, you think that hell doesn't see your fulfillment or, or your obedience to God as violence. You, you better think twice. Hell doesn't want it. Satan doesn't want you to obey God. When you obey God, you are being violent. <laughs> so far as he is concerned. <laughs> yeah. Because do you know, do you know that just getting someone saved is a battle? Because the Bible talks about being translated from the kingdom of darkness. Huh? Into the kingdom of his dear son. In Colossians. Right? So, how do you go into another kingdom and take somebody out who has been a prisoner? And you just go take him out. That's violence. So, the enemy sees that as violence. Because you, you now went to open somebody's eyes who was blind. That's violence. Maybe he's spiritually blind. He cannot see. Then you go. You now begin to share the word of God to him and with him. And then his eyes now open. He says, oh my God. I didn't realize. What is that? That's violence. And that's how the kingdom of God will advance. Because the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians Chapter 4, verse 4, he says, um, to do, concerning those who are perishing, he says that their eyes have been blinded by the God of this world. Whose eyes, the, whose minds the God of this world has blinded, huh? who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. So when you preach to someone, when you help someone to see the truth, when you help someone to see the light, you are declaring war. You're declaring war. And you need to be strong and be ready to face it. Hallelujah. So, okay, because now it's war, you won't preach again. Huh? No, I just don't. I don't want. I keep my religion to myself. <laughs> I keep my faith to myself. I don't want to disturb anybody. That's why in some countries, when you preach, you you lose your head. Why? Because the enemy has seen that his kingdom is going to be affected. So he has captured some some countries, especially in the Middle East. In, 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 in some parts of Asia, huh? it's illegal for you to preach. 
It's illegal for you to convert anybody to Christ. It is illegal. It is war. It is war. One of our leaders, every nation in, in, uh, in Iran, he was arrested for preaching, for getting people saved, and for baptizing people. He was sentenced to death. Sentenced to death. Why would the world be so violent against somebody who preached to another person? Because the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence. And the violent take it by force. We have every nation churches in China. Some of them are going through persecution. We have every nation church in, uh, in, 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 in Bangladesh. Some of them are going through persecution. The kingdom of heaven is suffering violence. We are here so comfortable celebrating our fantastic constitution that gives us freedom. And we don't realize that in the midst of that freedom, there is a program of hell that is preparing to unleash a kind of violence against the church that we never imagined. Because by the time they make it illegal for you to do certain things that God says you should do, huh? then you know <laughs> the kingdom of hell is gearing up. Hallelujah. It has to be legislated first. It has to be made into law. And then, when you now read your Bible, you open your Bible and you read, and you now, you read it publicly, it becomes an offense. Well, you are reading from your Bible. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence. <laughs> are you ready for that? You think it's everything legal that is okay? You must be dreaming. If you think so. Some things are legal, but are abominable before God. Do you understand me? Yeah. I know the Constitution is the highest, the supreme authority in the country. But we have another kingdom. So how are you going to live as a kingdom citizen in a place, in a country? I mean, you, we are fortunate that we are free to even talk like this, to even gather like this. Do you understand me? Because there are places where we can't gather like this. Why? It's illegal. The Bible says, do not forsake the assembling together of... <laughs> With the saints. But then if the constitution says, thou must not gather. What are you going to do? Oh, I don't want to be, you know, I, I want to obey the law. It's, it's like, you know, apartheid was, it was legal. Huh? You could, I mean, you couldn't get mixed races. Right? No, but you could gather as... In your own. Okay, those are for political activists, isn't it? Or is it everybody? I don't know. Okay. Yeah, but the point is this. I thank God that we are free to gather like this. But let's not lose sight of the fact that hell is still against us. Do you understand what I'm saying? And the world is against us. Don't lose sight of that. So you need to be ready. You need violent faith. <laughs> the faith that says, if I perish, I perish. The kind of faith, the kind of violent faith that says, whether it be good to obey God or man, 
You judge. That's Peter and John. They were forbidden from preaching, from speaking in the name of Jesus. Don't talk about this name anymore. They beat them up. You yourselves, you are religious people. Judge. Should we obey God or should we obey man? And we know the answer. The guys didn't stop. So I don't know about you. I want to love and I want to walk by faith no matter what. I want to stand for God even if the whole of hell is loose against me. Glory to God. Yeah. If anybody engineers anything, I'm still going to stand. I'll never turn my back on you. We need to start, you know, thinking like that. Because that's the way the kingdom will advance. That's the way the kingdom will advance. When, the, when God now begins to tell you, go to this place, go and do this, you won't argue with him. Two friends of mine, the Lord showed them how they're going to die. One of them, the Lord showed him his death. He was preaching in a village in Ghana and he was stoned to death. He's still alive. He's still preaching. But the Lord told him, are you ready to take this? This is, this is how you're going to end up. If you accept it, deal. But give him an option whether to accept it or not. Now, if he loves his life too much, he will not accept it. Jesus said, I laid my life down. Nobody forced me to take it. To, no, nobody forced me to do it. I can take it if I want. Are you following me? So God gave him an option. And he accepted. And then another one, also God showed him. And the Lord asked him, are you, going, are you ready to take this for me? He said he wept throughout the night. But in the morning he said, Lord, I'm, ready, I'm willing. I'll do it for you. The kingdom of God suffers violence. Can you take violence for God, from people? Don't be quick to say yes. Just think. Are you ready for people to conspire against you and tell lies about you so that they can destroy you because of your love for Jesus? Where I come from, it can cost you your life to just say, I'm a Christian. Understand? Yeah. Um, our sister Grace, Dr. Adawa, his father-in-law, he was shot by Boko Haram. He survived. Why? The kingdom of heaven suffers violence. They shot him. Up till today, you see him. He has, he has the, the bullet hole. By miracle, he survived. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence. And the violent take it by force. Violent faith. It takes violent faith to advance the kingdom of God. It takes violent faith. It takes violent faith for you to make some sacrifices for God. It takes violent faith. What do you think it took Abraham to go and tie Isaac? Do you know that that was violent faith? God said, and you know how long they waited for this child? And you know the trouble he got into for having Ishmael? Huh? And now, God says, give me this child. Lay him on the altar. I want you to offer him as a burnt offering. 
And I want to believe he didn't share it with Sarah. I, I, I don't know about you. I don't know the ladies in the house, if you are the one. I mean, you waited for so many years for this child. Now this child has arrived. And the man now comes and says, uh, imagine if, <laughs> if he came to you to say, um, yeah, Jesus said. <laughs> You'll just say, oh, wow, good idea. Huh? <laughs> it's a hard thing. Yeah, it takes violent faith. A faith that will fight every force that will try to cause you to disobey. That's what I mean. That's the kind of violence I'm talking about that advances the kingdom. You say, God says it and I will do it. It took violent faith for Jesus to lay his life down. And to believe that on the third day he will rise. It, 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 don't you know it's, it was faith? To know that he's going to go down to hell. Huh? <laughs> Look at all the violence he experienced before the cross. Before the crucifixion. Went through all of that. The kingdom of God suffers violence. So the, why am I saying this? Don't be shocked if the world hates you. Because you love Jesus. Okay? Don't be disappointed that hell is against you. Count it all joy. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, He says, Blessed are they who suffer persecution for righteousness sake. He says, for theirs is the kingdom of God. So if you suffer, if you are persecuted because you come to church, welcome to the club. Jesus says you are blessed for that. If you are, if you are persecuted because you, you took a stand for Jesus, Jesus says the kingdom belongs to you. Amazing. I believe that God wants the church to be aware of this. That, listen, the world doesn't have to love you. You don't need their love. <laughs> if they hate you, it's okay. If they, if they accept you, it's okay, but don't look for it. That's the point. Don't, don't, don't try to please the world. Because if you please the world, you cannot please God. And I'm not saying you should go with a complex now that everywhere you go, you know, nobody knows the trouble I have seen. Nobody knows my sorrows. Hmm? Those were songs that were sung by slaves. <laughs> you know, Negro spirituals. You know, they're in pain, so it's okay. When you're in pain, you sing, you know? You remember during apartheid, there were some songs that really, some, some good songs came out, right? You're looking at me. <laughs> yeah. So when you're suffering... Huh? Sing. It's okay. Hmm? By the rivers of Babylon. Huh? There we sat down. Remember that psalm? Yeah. They were in captivity. They were taken to Babylon from their homeland. They were taken. And then they said, by the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. You know? And they were asking, how shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Mm -hmm. 
And then Bob Marley, Bob Marley took it and then, you know, and then sang a hit. <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is that even in the midst of suffering, don't lose your song. Amen. Hallelujah. In the midst of pain, don't lose your song. In the midst of persecution, don't lose your song. Have violent faith like Paul and Silas. They're in prison. You know, they were being attacked and they sang. And when they sang, the whole place shook. There was an earthquake when they sang. Heaven came down when they sang. So don't be a complainer. Don't be a murmurer. Huh? Don't be a grouch. Sing. Praise God. Praise God. You know that, that hymn? It is well. It is well. With my soul. With my soul. It is well. It is well. With my soul. You know, Stafford sang that song. He composed that song. If you know the history of that song. He sent his family to to the UK on on holiday. And they had a shipwreck. His wife and I think, how many kids? Maybe four. Yeah. Yeah. Four kids. And he travels to go there. Upon getting there, his estate was on fire. And when he heard that, he sang the song, It is well, it is well, with my soul, with my soul, it is well. It is well with my soul. So it might not be well with my business, but it is well with my soul. It might not be well with my family. I've lost them, but it is well with my soul. My soul is still intact. And if my soul is intact, I have hope. There is life after tragedy. There is life after persecution. There is life after suffering. There is life after pain. There is life. There is life after I've been accused falsely. There is life. My soul is still intact. I might have lost everything, but I've not lost my soul. And because I've not lost my soul, it is well. Hallelujah. That's the kind of attitude we need to have. That's what Christianity is about. People that will stand and will praise God. Even in prison, I'll praise God. Things don't go my way, I will praise God. Things don't go according to my plan, I will praise God. I got disappointed, I will praise God. My spouse turned... Uh, turned his back on me, I will praise God. My wife divorced me, I will praise God. I'm telling you, everything must be responded with praise. That's what it's about. Do you know that if the Israelites had this attitude in the wilderness, they would have all entered the promised land. But every every day, complain after complaint after complaint. I don't care what pain it is I'm going through. I want to still praise the Lord. I say, Lord, no pain will take away your praise for my life. Hallelujah. That is violent faith. That is violent faith. You, you, it's like, it looks as if it's hopeless. It looks as if there's no way out. In the midst of that, I'm praising God. Oh, they have repossessed my house. It is well. Yes, Lord. It is well. Yes, Lord. With my soul. Amen. 
with my soul. They repossess my car. It is well. It is well with my soul. Hallelujah. My family turn against me. It is well. It is well with my soul. With my soul. It is well. It is well with my soul. Hallelujah. Come on, let's stand up on our feet and let's let's just bless the Lord. Come on. Just 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 tell him it is well. It is well. I don't know what you are going through, but I have news for you. I've come to announce to you that it is well. It is well with your soul. Maybe you have lost so much. I want you to know that it is well with your soul. It is well with your soul. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't care what the enemy has done. It is well with your soul. I don't care what has happened at your place of work. It is well with your soul. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't care what has gone on Amen. in the community. I don't care what is going on at home, in your village. Maybe there's whatever. It is well with your soul. It is well with your soul. Oh, my Father, lift up your hands and begin to bless the Lord. Just tell him, Lord, I thank you. It is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. I have suffered pain, but it is well with my soul. I suffered pain in my body, but it is well with my soul. We just thank you, Father. And we just join the hymn writer to say it is well it is well with our souls and if it is well with our souls it will be well with our bodies it will be well with our lives because you said in your word I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers Lord my God because it is well with our souls it will be well with our lives it will be well in our homes. It will be well in our careers. It will be well with our families. It will be well, oh God, it will be well. It will be well in our studies. It will be well concerning our future. I declare it is well. It is well. It is well. It is well. Why don't you just begin to thank the Lord? Just tell the Lord, Lord, it is well. I know. I declare that it is well. I declare that it is well. It is well with my life. It is well with my family. It is well with my soul. Mighty God. Mighty God. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.